Welcome to Foreign Devs. I have no idea what number episode this is. But 16. We are 16. Wow, we are back. We so are this back. Is, this is Yanni and I'm uh, here with Victor. Well, we're not together in the same room, not nope. in the same state even, hundreds nope. of miles apart, but uh, we are together in creating this Foreign Devs podcast episode. Yep. So what's going on? What's been happening? I guess question is, where did we leave off? It was... I remember our last episode, I w- was thinking about saying something about, you know, could Laracon be canceled because of the coronavirus? And we said, you know what? It's too early. It's not going to yep. get canceled. And now it's canceled. So we need to come up with another plan to race scooters. Unfortunately, every other event for the year that we were going to do has been canceled also. Yeah. And we'd have to sanitize them. So much, so much has changed since the last episode, I feel like. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, wow, that's a lot to take in. Um, yeah, and I know a lot of a lot of yeah, well, big boat show we were supposed to get together for got canceled. Some future ones out. Uh, some events have gotten canceled. Um, worlds worlds turned upside down. And what's crazy is early March, me and Donna took an amazing trip weekend trip. I mean, just amazing. And it's like nothing, there's nothing going on. And then all of a sudden this thing struck and, and yeah, uh, I, now think, I think they said it was, yeah, I think they said it was, I guess around mid-March where it kind of dawned on all of us that, oh boy, something is going on, right? There's, there's something that's up. And um, so, I mean, ever since our, our last podcast, so my, my company went completely remote overnight closed down the factory and uh, they were closed for, for over a month and I've been home. I'm still home. I'm still working from home full time. So remote went from going to the office every day to being at home. So that's been a, that's been a change. My, my boys are homeschooled. So we all share one big room and it's, it's been interesting to sort of try to stay productive through, through the change and, and, you know, them getting used to me being home, but I'm working. Right. So for kids, it's a little bit more difficult to comprehend that, daddy's home but daddy's not home to play right daddy's home because i'm just working from home right so it's they they still want pancakes and stuff in the morning so <laughs> yeah yeah no i hear you and and um we actually i had to say yesterday uh a twitter follower reached out a big fan of the show reached out and he's like hey guys what happened and we're really glad he did because uh you know we've throughout the weeks we've been like hey let's record and so forth, but both of us have gotten, I think, even busier, you know, yeah. uh, with, with, uh, I think kind of companies we work for, or just maybe it's our nature that when things slow down, that's not when you decrease marketing spend. And maybe if marketing is just an expense to you, maybe that's the thought. But if marketing is an investment into your company, that's not what you do. You ramp it up and you grab everything you can of market share. You know, the market might shrink. So what you focus on is grabbing as much of that market share as you can, you know, that big slice of the pie. Yeah, right as, it, as, right as this whole thing kind of started to unfold, the first thing that we did was we had basically like everybody, all the upper uh, management had a big meeting and talked about what are all the possibilities, what are all the crazy ideas that we could do of things that are, you know, it's a different world now. So we need to go ahead and, and start adapting instead of waiting another month, let's go ahead. And so out of that came out some, some great ideas. Some that have already been implemented. You know, we did um, like a Facebook Live event, which we would have never 
probably considered um, tried to do before, but we did, and it was very successful, and, and everybody yeah. kind of loved that we that we did something like that. And yeah, it so, was great. I thought it was great. Yeah, no, and yeah. and it was you know it was it was fantastic to be able to have sort of the resources to reach out to somebody and say, hey, how do you feel about having this thing at your house by yourself, and you got to record yourself and and do this hour long seminar. And I was hoping that, you know, at least 50 people would show up to the Facebook Live event. And we ended up having almost 200 the whole entire time. I think the it, it peaked at like 215 and, and, you know, which for this type of event is, is I feel, is a lot of people, you know, for, for a live fishing seminar um, event, you know. So it was very successful in our book and that along with other things that we've been doing. And, you know, I've been actually struggling with... Um, not struggling, but you know, been really working on the, the the my main project, right? My the main project that I work on, and basically, I I stripped out all the bootstrap completely, and it's this is its third iteration or fourth iteration, I can't remember. What do you do? You remember? Is this a third I don't. iteration? I think uh, it wait is. Wait a second. Yeah, I think so. Maybe fourth. Maybe fourth. It may be the fourth iteration uh, of this project. So every year, obviously, it gets a huge makeover, a huge, um, you know, all the information has to change and all that. And as part of that, you know, I take take advantage of the time to add new features and take some, you know, do updates. And it was a bootstrap project originally, and it's it's this bootstrap all over this thing. So I stripped it all out and doing doing it over completely in Tailwind. And uh, today I was banging my head up against something and. It's so easy to to call you and say, "Hey, are you busy? Can you jump on a quick, you know, screen share? Take a look at this. Tell me what your thoughts are on this, and get some fresh eyes on it." You know, so I, I appreciate you you jumping on a call with me midday. No worries, I do it all the time. Probably in the, when you're in the middle of something important too. Yeah, but, so uh, I mean, that's... yeah, I mean that was a that was a sort of like a glitchy, not a glitchy, but just a an interesting issue that that I was having. Yeah, see, I thought you know with with this everything that's going on i thought i was going to be able to bunker down focus on some projects i wanted to get done you know some high priority projects and it's been the exact opposite i've been getting pulled in so many directions with so many urgent you know micro pro uh, yeah micro projects that i haven't been able to focus on you know the big projects at all um which a little disappointing but you know got to do what you got to do and and uh Going off of uh, the Facebook Live thing, your first assistant, Alexi, actually got married on uh, Facebook Live, or sorry, not Facebook Live, Zoom, but live video. Um, no way. The other weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were going <laughs> to have a local wedding at a, a nice venue. And of course, that all, it was here in April, that all got scrapped. And um, yeah, it was pretty interesting. First virtual, so virtual wedding I've attended. So he had guests from all over the world, you know, people up uh, late hours or early hours in the morning uh tuning in so it was it was interesting but it was kind of cool that um, is interesting i didn't even know he had a girlfriend so <laughs> yeah, yeah so that's um, funny man but yeah just uh you know some of the things i or some of these micro projects have been focusing on how customers and we've been doing it forever in the you know you and i and and the companies i've been working with where there's no problem buying a boat from hundreds of miles away or countries away. You know, you could do it all via email, via uh, DocuSign, et cetera. But um, 
it's amazing. I've sent out a few emails and a few phone calls on on some vehicles I've been interested in. And you know, all these companies that are touting, hey, you know, buy it online, we'll deliver it to you. You send them a message and then the pressure's on, you know, hey, when are you gonna come in? Can you come in in the next half hour? Can you come in today? Can you come in tomorrow? You know, how's three PM on Thursday? And I'm like, you do realize your website has like 72 point font that says you don't need to come in. You know, we could do everything, everything virtually, but a little frustrating. And then in the midst of that, we've been, Don and I have been so busy with house projects, like until we step off and head to the grocery store, do something, it, it doesn't really seem like that much has changed because after hours, we're working on the house. Weekends, we're working on the house. Um, so I think that's a really good thing that we haven't been as as um, in the middle of it. I'd say my sister in Miami who lives in a condo and, you know, she sees it as soon as she steps out her front door. Right. And she had a scare, too. So that's. Yeah. yeah. That's not great. Yeah, I feel you. I mean, for us, it's been. Well, for 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 me, for the rest of the family, everybody's been fine because, like I said, everybody kind of stays home already, so not a big deal. But for me, it's been, you know, a big change. And the same way I feel. Excuse me. And it's and it's been sort of difficult for me to also find the time and the dedication to sort of keep going with some projects and. I think a lot of it has to do with when I went remote, I kind of stopped taking the short breaks every 45 minutes to an hour or so and and not not realizing it, I was going straight for three, four hours nonstop, not, you know, not stopping, not getting up for one second. And just my I saw my, my productivity kind of really take a dive. And then after that, I started getting my mood really take a dive and just not feeling super motivated to keep, you know, to keep going at it. Obviously that's, that's sort of where your, your discipline comes in and say, well, you know, I'm going to keep working on it, but it's always nicer, of course, when you, when you are motivated, you know, and you don't have to kind of force yourself to, to keep going with the project just because you, you know, you have to. So that's kind of been my struggle. Yeah. And, you know, for me, I'm, I'm, uh, most days of the week, usually going out to my biggest client, and working from there, but, uh, you know, just breaking the habits, you know, everyday habits, doing this and that in the morning and just jumping on the computer. So even right before we started recording, I realized, shoot, I haven't drank any water today. So I feel like crap. Um, so right before yeah. we hit record, filled up a big glass and, and, um, it's just little things like that, that, um, yeah, they, you know, they eat at your day. Especially if yeah. you just work, 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 work. And, you know, I, I realize the same thing. You know, usually if I'm at an office, I'll, I have a habit of getting up every few hours, taking a small walk and just uh, taking a break from the screen. But here I'm just like glued to it. And then well, uh, and, usually. And for me, yeah. And for me, actually, further on than that, you know, obviously I do my, my videos and coders tape and all that stuff sort of after my, my day gig. So yeah, you've been it, working 24 a, hours. Well, yeah. yeah, it was a change of scenery before I was kind of at a different place. I was working there for eight hours. And so I, then I would come home and, and then it would be like a different thing, right? It, it didn't feel like a continuation of the same thing. But with this whole change, I, I'm basically, it's, a, it's one long, long day, you know, so I'm, I'm working 
12 hours a day in one same place, you know, versus sort of dividing it up into eight hours and maybe four hours and in an afternoon and nighttime for, for videos and coders tape and all that. And speaking of that, just released the uh, Scrimba view course yesterday. And, and that got off to a great start. A lot of great start. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. A lot of, a lot of interested parties. Um, congrats to you. You know, I know yeah, you worked hard on that. It was, yeah, it was, um, it was, it's, it's such a, if you don't know what Scrimba is, this is a really cool platform. I, this is actually my second course with them and it allows you to kind of interact with the code and in the middle of the screencast with a video, you can just pause it and actually interact with the code. And I, I find that to be such a great educational tool. And when you design a course around the platform versus just continuing what you normally do on a video, no, you kind of have to take a step back and design the course to be interactive, you know, to really include a lot of examples that would allow somebody who is learning to jump in the platform and, and try their hands on some code. And by the time you are done, you, you, you've already been touching code, you know, and, and the, there's no, there's no weird transition between you've been watching somebody sort of mindlessly do something on a video versus, you know, this where you've been interacting with the code the whole time. And, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of a, a great reception overall, and um, I'm really happy with it. And it's been, it's been a lot of work. It's been, you know, a lot of long night, long nights trying to get it completed and finished and polished and all that good stuff. But it's off to a great start. It's going to get a, a, you know, another upgrade here soon uh, with View 3 coming out. And uh, unfortunately, like, unlike Laravel, uh, View isn't really on a, on a set version release schedule. They kind of just release whenever, and we don't know when View Three is coming out. It's supposed to be. It was supposed to be last year. Then it was supposed to be first quarter this year. Now it's second quarter this year, and we're still waiting. But when it does, I will do a a whole new section for it on on View Three, and that's going to be cool. Yeah, that will. That will. Speaking of coding, just uh, you know, my disappointment with Laravel uh, being canceled is just. Uh, you know, missing out on the experience. Of course, they're going to do it online, but but uh, getting away from everything and just focusing on that because usually when Laracon online is happening, I'm still trying to squeeze work in and you know watching watching uh, the uh, talks that I I'm interested in. But um, yeah, well, yeah, well, we already had a Laracon online, you know. Yeah. Now we yeah, just have two Laracon onlines. <laughs> yeah, 2021. So. I was really excited for Atlanta, though. That's such a fun town. But, um, but, but, but. So, coding-wise, you know, with all these other projects, it feels like I haven't worked on on um, any coding projects I'm passionate about. And I talked about it a few episodes ago, a stock trading platform that I was was working on. And what ended up happening is I tried so hard to, I focused so much on the code. Um, so I had a basic iteration of things working and I'm like, you know what, let me scale this up so I don't have to deal with it in the future. And I focus so much on the code instead of the functionality of the actual, actual entire platform, you know, the basic functionality that I kind of pushed myself into a tight corner. I had too many constrictions to where it just felt like just getting to that point of actually utilizing the software felt like such a long goal i had just put too many roadblocks in place and you can't 
you know, it answers that question, you know, can you write perfect code the first time around? And you know, I think it's answered with perfection is only achieved through iteration, which we've said a thousand times on the show, which is a quote I always quote you for. Um, but I ended up taking some pieces out of it, you know, doing a clean refactor where I'm only using what I need to get to the basic functionality, and then I'll grow from there. Um, but it just feels refreshing, feels good to have, you know, the functions working rather than just to be focusing on the code. And I don't know if that makes any sense, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm with but, you. Now, th- are you using it then? Is you're, 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 doing, you're doing some trades with it? Uh, not quite there yet. I'm doing some back testing still. But I had, I had, in my effort to scale it to what I thought it was someday going to be, et cetera, um, I ended up killing off a lot of functionality and refactoring. And then it just got to be this refactoring mess in trying to, you know, build out a perfect platform. And uh, I'd rather have something that works. Yeah, I feel you. You know, and sometimes, or a lot of the times, you know, you, you, that you'll, you'll back yourself into that corner and not basically around expectation on like, you know, actual true requirement of the application. But I think that's a very difficult road to to go down, you know, sort of figure out what is a requirement of the application versus what is just what you think you need, right, on the exactly. application. Exactly. And at the same time, you don't you also don't want to prematurely, you know, knock things out that may be that what makes the app different or better, right? And that is one thing that I've I, I have kind of practice with with a lot of the the videos and courses that I've put together is really simplifying down a project to the absolute bare functionality. What do we need to have here and not putting yourself into a corner. Even even design can drive you into a corner because you you put this button that in your head you know what this button is supposed to do and you put it in the design and then now you're forcing the code to to make that button work. And yep. that can drive you down this whole entire path of it seems like such a simple thing that this button you click on and it's supposed to do this very small thing. But that requires all this this whole other design and back end and thing to actually make the thing work and, and the button do what it's supposed to do. And basically you just let the design and the UI drive you into the corner into doing something with your with your code. You know, and so that's yeah. happened to me quite a bit. And um, you know, going back to the problem that I that I was having today. And the one that I called you about. So I'm working on this, this configurator, right? And th- if you can think of it as if you were going to custom order a product and you would have all of these different things that you can add to it and choose and basically customize it to be your own. And in doing that, finding the, uh, the approach, the correct approach and the correct expectation from a user, just things as simple as, if you can only imagine that you have one step and that step had six radio buttons. And if you could only choose one, once you clicked on that one, should it go to the next step automatically? And that was something that just baffled me. I'm sitting there thinking to myself, should, should the UI do that? Should you be able to click on the one option and the wizard kind of automatically take you to the next step? Or should you have a next button where the the user has to go in and and click next and and sort of do that and that's when I called you and said hey can you take a look at this and let me get your opinion on it 
and you know we we jumped into a couple of different examples um of other sites that are doing something similar to this and seeing what they're doing and it seems like it's all over the place i mean even after we hung up i i spent another hour browsing through through different sort of similar systems and everybody has a totally different idea on how it should work but my approach feels different you know in that a lot of these configurations they're they're kind of really taking you down this one-way road towards the end of the form so that you can convert and put in your email address or your 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 name your email and you can convert the form for them right because at, a set, at the end of the day it's just a lead generator form but you know i really want to approach this from an educational standpoint where the user is allowed to go back and forth into all these different steps and see how changing options from step one changes what you choose in step three or step two and and really more of a of a game of a configurator you know gamification of this thing versus just a big form divided into steps absolutely right? yeah and you know it comes down to when user selects something you know should there be a review period where they you know they acknowledge hey this is what i've selected i'm going to proceed forward um it's things like that that sometimes really drive me nuts um to the point where if I don't feel it, you know, clicking right then and there, usually I'll step step away most of the time overnight, you know, um, and try to think about the problem in different terms. But um, I've yeah, liked... My... Yeah, go ahead. No, I've liked Jason Fried of uh, Basecamp. He's, he's said it many times, you know, when designing something, use a thick marker so that you can't dive into the details, you know, so that you just focus on the basics. And and not that it applies to this really, but sometimes that avoids you from getting into these, into these kind of deep holes. Yeah, what I'm, what I'm finding it difficult is there is so much that I want to show to the user. You know, I want them to be in tune with what they're doing I want to give them a summary. I want to tell them how much money it is and, you know, how much pictures of every single thing that they're clicking on and all that. And there's just so much. And at the same time, I want it to feel and look clean and polished. And so if you've, if you've got 500, you know, like that one example that we looked at that was just so busy, it was, it was barely any white space. The whole thing, the whole screen was completely filled up from edge to edge. And it was just overwhelming, you know, as a as a UI platform for for configuring. Um, so it's just walking that fine line of how much real estate, you know, screen space you have versus you know how much information you want to display. And and then on top of that, then you have mobile, you know, which is a whole mobile, another yep. another whole another animal to this whole thing that just throws such a big wrench into the whole thing because you make it look great on desktop. Or you make it look good on, on, on you know, mobile, but then one of the two is going to be compromised most of the time, right? Whatever approach Absolutely. you take. So, but, you know, obviously mobile traffic is still huge, way bigger than desktop. So, you know, it's, that's sort of the, the step that you got to go into, finding what the best one is for mobile first. Yeah. And, you know, always keep in mind, and it's stated pl plenty in Apple's design processes that, that simple thing that a user gets accustomed to 
that's the thing that took the most time, you know, most iterations. Um, it's never, never just that simple. And it, yep. if it feels simple, you won. <laughs> I know. But getting there is so difficult, so time consuming. And this is something you, you kind of brought up and say, yeah, this is, this is the time consuming part of, of designing something. You know, it's not really writing the code. It's just making it look, feel, and act the best way possible for the user. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what else uh, besides your courses, anything going on? Um, oh, you got a new, or you bought a Mac Pro. I did. I did. Okay. Not not the new one. Not the new, new, new one. The one before the new one. But um, it was sort of always my idea, and I had talked to you about it months ago. I said, well, now that this new Mac Pro is coming out, you know, the previous generation Mac Pro, you know, the prices are going to drop on that quite a bit. And so I really want to get my hands on one of those. And so I've been um, recording and um, not quite ready to say what I'm recording just yet for a new for a new project, for a brand new thing. But um, I had some issues with the machine that I was running for recording the, the screencast and I was getting these uh, these weird um, like lines and stuff in the video, um, almost like, like glitches in, in color and stuff. And it was, 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 it was just, the machine was just struggling, you know, really struggling to kind of record at high DPI, um, 720, which is basically like 720 times two. So you get that, that retina display, you know, crystal clear, uh, video recording. And so the machine was just struggling to, to do all of that at the same time. And, so I started looking at, first I started looking at a Mac mini. I thought, well, if I just buy one of the newer Mac minis and use that instead as, as my recording machine. And then I started looking into it and it was going to be basically a thousand dollars. You know, that's, that's what they, they are, the new ones. And so that's, that's kind of a lot of money. And, um, from, from when I used to do, um, you know, mining, um, I had all these, all these cards, all these graphic cards that I wasn't using anymore. So Decided to go ahead and part ways with them, but list them all up on eBay, get some money for those, and then add a little bit of cash over the top and ended up buying, you know, the Mac Pro. That is now my main machine. And then I brought my other Mac Pro. I have a, a 12-core Mac Pro uh, 2010. So I moved that as my recording computer um, for the video. So, yeah, that worked out pretty good. Uh, it took a little bit of finagling, you know, just to get all the all the pieces in place, but... I'm happy with the result. I'm happy everything is uh kind of worked out. And the machine is amazing. Yeah. It's yeah, I bet. I bet. Congrats on that. My yeah, uh, 13, 13 inch MacBook Pro. I don't know what's been going on lately. Uh basically every day rebooting, you know, just really nothing open, but it is fan blazing on it and it's the uh it was the higher end model of the ones prior to the new one that came out yesterday. Mm-hmm. So the new one that came out yesterday, I'm like 32 gigs, you know, I want to get this. I would have gotten 32 gigs if it would have been available before. Um, I looked at Apple's trade in thinking, you know, I'd get, I think I paid 1700 for the machine or so. Um, I was thinking I'd get, you know, probably somewhere a thousand, 1100 or so. And of course, 400. It's, it's no, it's 770. Okay, so what geez. I might do is I've had lately bad luck over the last few years just selling anything on eBay. I get a ton of bids and the buyer never, um, 
never pays. Never pays. Yeah, that happened to uh, me. So I think I might try like Facebook Marketplace or something, thinking I don't, you know, I can probably sell this and order as soon as this is sold. So yeah, so yeah. don't have to overlap. Yeah, but, it happened um, to me. Yeah, one of the one of the one of the listings that I had, the the the, the person just never responded. You know, it ended. Never was supposed to pay, send the money. They never did. You you have to submit a claim with eBay. You, you know how it goes. You know the yep, whole drill. Yep. Get your money back for yeah. listing Come charges. Come back in and, ten days to get your list. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. And in the meantime, you're just waiting there. Just you know, and so. I mean, luckily for me, I I didn't actually need to wait for the money to come in. And since I already knew it was coming, it was not a big deal. But yeah, eBay is not yeah. what it used to be. eBay used to be like a really cool place that you'd go find cool stuff. Now it's just a bunch of new product. I would say ninety percent of what's sold on eBay is brand new in a box. Yeah, it's like a you store. know, uh, yeah, I um, when we were eBay's top boat dealer. Uh, each year and some years twice a year we'd go to the ebay university so there were there were various places uh in each region of the country but they were crash courses and hey what you can do to do things better and hey here's what the top dealers are doing here's what the top automotive dealers doing and there was a lot of a lot of interaction a lot of you know everyone working together to make things better but we were selling hundreds of boats you know auction style on ebay mm-hmm. um during the 2009 2010 2011 kind of aftermath of the crash and uh it was really exciting times and yeah and, i came in at the just, at the tail end of that and, yeah yeah you know, did. Did a lot of those listings and stuff but yeah ebay's that's not what it used to be it's it's you know it's different it's not the same and i never think about buying anything on ebay but <laughs> you know i thought that was the best the best place to put the the cards and and i got i mean i got pretty decent money for them i mean i had gotten my my money's worth already um from when i used to mine with them and so now it's just kind of just recuperating whatever i could for the hardware and yeah. and that was uh maybe that's a conversation for a whole another day you know when i was into into mining you know crypto cryptocurrency currency. yeah cryptocurrency yeah, I'd love to hear that. Actually, yeah, man, put that it was, on the list for cool. next next episode. We didn't make anything for this episode. We just wanted nope. to do catch a recording up. and yeah. uh, catch up some. Um, but our friend who encouraged us to, uh, or our new friend who encouraged us to record this, and I, I'm appreciative of him reaching out. Uh, he did answer the question I think you asked in the mm-hmm. first episode. Episode one. Episode one. What he is answered real mayonnaise. One. Yep, he answered episode one's question. So go ahead, Yanni, explain. So he says, as a Frenchman, I have the answer for your real mayonnaise question. It's not a marketing stunt. There are strict rules on what you can call mayonnaise in the European Union. Real mayonnaise is at least 70% oil and 5% egg yolk. So light mayo is not real mayo. And there we go. That would have been the perfect thing to end the podcast, you know, or at least the season of the podcast on, but we're not That's stopping. Awesome. No, nope. we're going to keep going. Uh, plenty to talk about, and uh, yeah, put the cryptocurrency on the list for next one, and uh, we'll tackle. Yeah, that it. was a that was a fun one. We'll definitely got some some stuff to talk about from that one, and um, yeah, let's wrap it up for this one though. It's been it's been great catching up with you, and let's not wait so long anymore. Let's go back to our weekly schedule, and we should be good to go. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Well, get back to a coder's tape or yep. some uh, paid courses and don't burn yourself out and 
And everyone out there, stay safe in these crazy times. Don't become a zombie. And we'll catch <laughs> you on the next one. See you on the next one.